You have put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise. A sound that resonates that all of heaven and earth may worship you. We tread the hills to meet with you, to see your majesty in all that surrounds us. For it speaks and displays the eternal God of ages, creator, author, victor. In love, you established an everlasting covenant with your people, and it's your love that captivates us. As children of the King, we rush in as waves unrestrained, overcome, overwhelmed, that the King crowned in glory and splendor would reach down to place a crown upon our heads. So we raise our banner, the banner we boldly stand under, the banner of Jesus Christ. From dusk to dawn, from age to age, your praise resounds in all the earth. Deliverer, Redeemer, ruler of an everlasting kingdom that cannot be shaken. We trust in the name of Christ Jesus, the only King forever. Welcome to Zion's Redemption Radio. This is Fundamentally Mormon. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. The guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. You can find this at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. And the text will also be posted on my Facebook wall at facebook.com forward slash L-A-Z-U-R-U-S 1977. You can also find the text and the audio to this radio program on iTunes at Fundamentally Mormon and in the different Facebook groups that I am an admin of. Some of those groups are LDS Last Days Prophecy and Gospel Discussions, LDS Gospel Mysteries, Latter-day Unity, and others. You can find the pages that I admin also on my Facebook wall. And if you enjoy this program, please friend request me or follow me and uh, make me one of your close friends. We try to put out as many episodes as we can during the week. But I'm thankful for you to be here today. Let's get right into the reading today. We are going to be reading out of Ogden Kraut's books. You can find his books for free to read online at ogdenkraut.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. And today is the 30th, 30th day of June, 2021. Today we'll be continuing on with the conclusion of Chapter 18 of the Holy Priesthood, Volume 5. Uh, the guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. There are 50 lines available for people to call in to listen. If you have a question or a comment at the end of the reading, push 1, and we will bring you up live on the air. Um, there's also a chat room open and, and running. My son is uh, is doing that right now. And through Wellington, Utah, 
I'm actually about 10 minutes away from the delivery point. Um, I was thinking real quick. Hold on here. So I am glad that we have the radio show, and I am happy for people to listen. Um, I get a little frustrated when people don't call in very often. Um, But in the scriptures as a principle, if you're warned, then you must warn others. And if I do not sound the trumpet and warn the people and do what God has asked me to do, then your blood is upon my my robes. So I, uh, you know, I'm going to continue doing these even if people don't call in. But the other thing too, I was thinking about the Moses in the wilderness. God gave, or God like sent all these serpents among the people. And a bunch of people were bit. And all they had to do was look upon this staff that had a snake on it. And it was so simple that people wouldn't do it. That they, I don't know, they were cursed for it, you know. And, like, this is the same principle. We're raising up a standard to the people and warning the people and calling them to repentance. And it's so simple. But... It's so simple that people won't do it, just like, uh, you know, with Moses in the wilderness. Um, I'm on the wash plant, Kim. Can you hear me? Yep, I can. Can you hear me? Yeah. Would you uh, dedicate the program and start the reading? And I'll just mute my mic. Okay, thank you. Uh Our Father in Heaven... We are so grateful to be able to be here this day and be able to connect with thousands of others um, who are willing and wanting and just yearning to be able to study and learn more of thee and of the ways that thou would have us live. And we are thankful, Lord, for all of the things that thou hast blessed us with, the the blessings that we have been able to and, um receive this day as well as in all these years prior we're grateful father for the time that we live in that we are able to be here and help to be a light to the people and be able to connect with other people and we really hope lord that you will just have your spirit to be with us help us to be edified and help us to be understanding and accepting of the work that thou has uh, laid out for us that we can endure to the end as thou um, has planned for us to do. Lord, at this time we ask a blessing on all the people who listen to this radio show and to your people, Lord, who you know who they are and who are struggling but needing blessings from you. We are thankful, Lord, for the times that you have helped us and lift us up and carried us through the difficult times in our lives and we are truly grateful for the rain that thou are has sent to us um these this past week we are truly grateful for all of it that thou hast given to us and we know you are a great god and a powerful god and we are just truly grateful that you are our god and our father in heaven and these things we pray for and we are thankful for with all of our hearts and say these things humbly in the name of thy son, Yeshua, our Messiah, even Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay. 
Oh, I didn't so know I you were bet, still there. Could hear me. Yeah, I bet that you never in your wildest dreams thought ever before you married me that you would ever even call into the radio, uh, radio show, let alone co-host one. <laughs> yeah, I do not like to be the center of attention. I don't like to be the side of the center of attention. I don't like to be any part <laughs> of any attention, actually. <laughs> yeah. Kim used to, like, pinch me and hit me and kick me whenever I was like, I'm going to get up in testimony meeting. You're like, no, <laughs> no. But I never said anything that was, like, out of bounds or, like, way weird or anything. I would just keep it simple and testify to the things that I know are true. And uh, she's always like, no, especially if we're visiting somewhere. Um, that's always going to happen if we've been married. But anyway, um, yeah, that's I'll just not the problem. myself. The problem is that people are crazy. Other people are crazy. Yeah. And they can't, like, if somebody has a testimony and they're like, hey, so today I went to the store and I got a soda pop, you know, and then the people are like, no, you didn't. You did not get a soda pop. I bet your soda pop wasn't even real soda pop, you know, and they're, like, for what reason? Why? Like, it doesn't even make any sense, you know? But just to be argumentative, just to be rude. And people are like that no matter where we go. And so it's just hard because I'm like, don't say anything. Because if you don't say anything, then they don't have anything to whine, complain, or argue about. Cause people or attack so you over. Yeah. Why can't people just be loving and understanding, accepting, and caring for other people? Well, like, why are we not? Part of it. Is because I make some pretty bold claims. Hold on. Okay, here. but you're not telling anybody to worship you. You're not telling anybody to. Um, you're not telling anybody to give you money or praise you or anything like that. You're not even asking people to do anything. Well, you do well, like lay down whatever God has told you. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you're not asking them to. I don't feel like it's, you know, so, it's, it's even so, funny. It's kind so of like, I've look at that told, one staff and they won't do it. <laughs> I've been told to gather people to Emory County and, and to organize the Church of the Living Messiah, which I have done in the School of the Prophets, which is, this is part of that. Um, you know, and so, yeah, there's things that people should be doing. But, you know, it's funny. All the people I've baptized over the years, I tell them, let, let God lead you, let the Spirit lead you. This is what he's told me to do. But, you know, sometimes he has other plans for people, and they should be out doing what he's asked them to do. But in general, people should be gathering. And okay. they always choose to, like, go back to wherever they're from. And I say, just be a light to the people in church. So some of them are like, should I keep going to the LDS church? And I'm like, yeah. And it's kind of funny because... There are a bunch of people that have actually joined the LDS church because of this radio program. And I'm like, uh-huh. okay, <laughs> I'm happy for you. But um, but I think it's funny because, like, they're like, they're a light to the people where they're at. And they learn from the things that we talk about on this program. And then they take it back, and as the Spirit leads them, they share it. And I'm really 
grateful for that, but I wish that they would come. Uh, We had one guy that moved within like 40 miles of us, and he's like, I'm gathering. And I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) He went to Sunnyside instead of coming down to Emory County because he's going to do what he wants to do, you know. And uh, whatever. I'll give you a sacrifice, but it's not going to be the one you want. But it's still a sacrifice. So I am grateful to be able to teach people and, you know, bring uh, further light knowledge uh, to people who are open and willing to hear it. And to all those trolls that want to flip out, whatever, you know, I, that's your problem, not mine. So, um, but I'm grateful for the opportunity to use this technology to put this information out there for people to consider things. And, for all the many thousands and thousands and thousands of listens and follows. I mean, I think my old radio program had over, like, oh, I think it was over 100,000. I think it was actually way higher than that. Uh, downloads. This one, that one was the kingdom of God or nothing. So we had a bunch of Christians and stuff. This one is fundamentally Mormon. So there's a smaller pool of people that actually will listen to this, but we are a little over 10,000 downloads to this point, which kind of sucks when you consider that we've been doing this particular radio show since uh, April 6th of 2018, and the other one we did from uh, January, I think it was like January 20th of 2014, and then that one had to be canceled, so... Anyway, but uh, I don't know. I'm grateful for the opportunity to bring forth these things. And even though a lot of people listen and don't do anything about it, I'm still grateful that they're listening. And for those of you who are listening, if you find this information valuable, please go to Apple iTunes and give us a five-star review to help us so that we can. this information will be shared more you know, because uh, the rankings and all of that with Apple iTunes, like a lot of people don't see the information, but the more people give us the five-star reviews and the comments, the more people will see the program and be, you know, and it's kind of like I'm warning you because I've been warned, and because I warn you, the blood is off my skirts, but when you've been warned and you don't warn your neighbor, There is condemnation in that. And if I am true and if the information that we're learning here is valuable and true, then people should be sharing the information. So, and I am going up on the Grizz, so I will not be able to hear you, but I'm going to uh, do my job. So I'll mute myself. Here we go. Okay. And you just want me to go ahead with the reading now? Yes. Let's get into that. Okay. Yeah. I just was unmuting myself, and now I have to go back into it. No worries. All right. <clears throat> so, conclusion to Chapter 18 of Holy Priesthood, Volume 5, pages 254 through 268. We're going to start on 254 right now. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. That's Psalms chapter 40, verse 4. 
Just before his crucifixion, Jesus sat upon the Mount of Olives with his disciples and looked down through the centuries to the latter day or the latter days. See Matthew 24. He described to them the signs that would precede his second coming and the end of the world. He gave four major warnings for his disciples, both then and now, to help them avoid the pitfalls of the last days. Number one, take heed that no man deceive you. That's in verse four. Um, let's see, this is Matthew 24, verse four. So all of these will be also from Matthew uh, 24. Um, let's see. So take heed that no man deceive you. This shows that man and deception would be one of the greatest in the last days. Number two, many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. That's verse five. Christ warns them of a grave danger coming from among his own followers. Number three, many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. That's verse 11. A greater danger would come from those who are considered true prophets, but in reality were not. Number four, there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall shew great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. That's verse 24. This final deception is so severe that only the very elect have a chance to escape. All who are not the very elect will be deceived. Now we're on page 255. Did you have anything to say about that beginning right there? Okay, I will keep going. <laughs> People who are deceived seldom realize it. When they are influenced or led by false spirits, they fall into the worst kind of deception. The prophet Joseph said, Nothing is a greater injury to the children of men than to be under the influence of a false spirit when they think they have the spirit of God. That's teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, page 205. A thousand different Christian churches all opposing each other is proof of their being deceived. Since Christ's church was restored in this dispensation by Joseph Smith, there have been hundreds of people claiming to be prophets or revelators, some of them teaching the strangest, most bizarre doctrines imaginable. They claim to have received revelations or even glorious manifestations. Some say they have seen and talked to ancient prophets or even the Savior himself, yet their doctrines conflict with each other and with the teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith. But this is not the extent of the deception, as they all have many followers. How is it possible that men, and even women, have fallen under the spell of such profound delusion? Most of them seem to be honest, hardworking, intelligent people that are pillars of the community. The kind you would like as your neighbors or friends, will they be classified among those who will say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wondrous works? That's uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 22. What better things could you expect of them? Yet these are they who have been the most deceived. The grand question is, how could all these people, both leaders and followers, become so misled? The prophet Joseph Smith explained that most of these people usually have been imposed upon in consequence of some strange or some transgressions. Spirit of apostasy takes possession of a man's heart. He becomes completely blind to every true principle. That's Millennial Star, Volume 8, page 138. And we are on page 256 now. Brigham Young, as quoted earlier, also said that transgression or turning away from the Holy Commandments 
was the reason for deception. If a man is called to be a prophet and the gift of prophecy is poured upon him, though he afterwards actually defies the power of God and turns away from the holy commandments, that man will continue in his gift and will prophesy lies. He will make false prophecies, yet he will do it by the spirit of prophecy. He will feel that he is a prophet and can prophesy, but he does it by another spirit and power that than that which was given him of the Lord. That's Journal of Discourse, Volume 3, page 364. This same thing can happen to anyone, not just a prophet, who had received spiritual guidance from the Lord, then transgressed to the extent that the Lord's spirit could no longer, longer direct him, leaving an open door for the adversary to step in and continue giving that person similar spiritual direction and experiences, eventually leading that individual astray. The person himself may not detect the difference in spirits and would thus continue in his belief that he was being directed by God, at the same time influencing others to think that's the same. It is similar, or it's similar to the enemy. Hold on. Sorry about that. I guess every night at this time we have um, officers who come by, and then my radar detector, if I'm in the car, goes off. So I will just turn that off. <laughs> um, okay, so continuing on. God at the same time influencing others to think the same. It is similar to the enemy capturing a fort and continuing to fly the same flag. It's easier to deceive others that way. Hence, this is another danger of putting one's trust in the arm of flesh. And well, if you think about it, it's kind of exactly how the LDS church um, runs now. Because... Um, they don't really elect or vote in or, um, you know, it's not done by election um, how the next prophet is chosen. It, there's a formula that they just use, and that's the next person because he's the oldest apostle, and he's been an apostle longer than the rest, so he is the next in line. Um, so it's similar. So when, when that new prophet becomes, uh, you know, the new president of the church becomes the prophet, um, he is under the same exact flag, the same exact guys as the, the rest of them were. Um, and he still continues on doing whatever he wants to do. It doesn't have to be, you know, exactly how Joseph Smith did or Brigham Young or any of the previous prophets, actually, because he can make up his own rules and law and, and everybody will follow or them. Or um, President, yeah. President Hinckley, who said that we should all be proud to be Mormons and that God you know, like that was the sanction of, of his day. But then as soon as Russell uh, Nelson gets in, he's like, it's a win for Satan. Oh, I thought that the president couldn't lead us astray. So it was, it was uh, you know, Gordon B. Hinckley leading us astray? Or were you, or are you, you know? And this guy yeah. doesn't even care, and I'm sorry, but this guy doesn't even care about the rules and regulations that God has given out to us in the Doctrine and Covenants, you're not supposed to be sustained <laughs> as president uh, of the church until a general conference, but as soon as Thomas Monson died the next day, he had his, his yes-men, you know, apostles, so-called apostles, uh, you know, and they're doing what they 
weren't supposed to do. And they continue doing things like this. There's so many different um, examples of these guys just doing what they want. You know, even though God did lay things out for it to be a certain way, they just change it because they're the guy in charge now. And what I found is that God will give us our marching orders and then he'll let us do what we're going to do. That's how he is. He's given me my marching orders. And when I don't do what I'm supposed to do, um, like I, the spirit will withdraw from me and I'll feel like crummy about it. And I'm like, okay, fine. But he's not like yelling at me to like be obedient to his command. He asked me to do something and I'm going to do it. Um, and he gives us our marching orders and he expects us to follow his counsel, you know, and when, when he has laid, uh, the path out for us to follow and given us the instructions that we are, you know, the way we're supposed to do things, uh, and we depart from that, that in the very definition of that is, uh, iniquity in, in the scriptures. And it means to depart from the path laid out to you to follow by God. And so when they think that they're all high and mighty and righteous and all this stuff, you know, and they're doing those things, they're just showing you their fruits, that they're, they are disobedient. They are the drunkards of Ephraim that Isaiah saw in Isaiah chapter 28. Now, real quick, so my wife was talking about the radar detector. So I have a story to tell. All right. I have only gotten two speeding tickets in my life, one in 1999 and one in 2005. And the first one, I was passing a bunch of semi-trucks going into Indiana um, out of Michigan. And I didn't realize that the speed limit went from 60 to 55. I was going 62. So... I was going seven miles over the speed limit after it changed, but I didn't see the sign. Okay. So the second time I got pulled over, I was going up and down, and I used to get bored because I've been on I-80 and I-40 and I all the flipping interstates in the country over and So I'd be like, okay, well, Highway 30 used to be the old interstate, or not interstate, but highway before uh, I-80 was built. So I'd take like, you know, Highway uh, 66 or Highway, um, you know, 30 or whatever, and just or Highway 50, and I would just go across the country, and um, I was going up and down through Iowa, and I just wasn't paying attention, and I went like, I don't know, six or seven miles over the speed limit. I got pulled over again, so I was like, oh, maybe I should pay more attention. But then I'm, like, driving along, and, you know, you're driving as a truck driver for hours and hours and hours. So I got a radar detector, uh, which Kim has now in her car, not so that we could speed, although Kim doesn't seem to understand that. But (laughs) if we're not paying attention and we might be going a little over, radar detector goes off, it gets us to pay attention. So that's why we have it. Anyway, I'm going to meet myself. Okay. <laughs> now I'm going back into it. Sorry. Okay, click, click, click. Okay. Hence, this is another danger of putting one's arm, one's trust in the arm of flesh. 
These two great kingdoms of Christ and Satan's are continually at war with each other, and each is determined to win. The battle is not necessarily fought with bullets and bombs, but over correct and incorrect principles, and everyone is involved. Oh, man, you cannot be neutral. You must choose your side and put on your armor. Those that come not up to the help of the Lord in the, in the day of the battle will be sorely cursed. The coming That comes from the coming crisis, Millennial Star, um, volume 15, page 276. And now we're on page 257. But you just talked, so I'm going to keep reading. The Apostle Paul also I have two things to say. There is only try or do or do not. There is no try. Yoda <laughs> speaking to Luke Skywalker. <laughs> okay, that's the first thing. Do or do not. Do not try. All right. <laughs> Second thing, I was just thinking. I should have never told my wife that I put on smaller tires on her car because now her car <laughs> says she's going five, five to six miles an hour over the speed limit. So that's usually what she does anyway because my wife, she's a speed demon. Not really, though. But, so, but everybody else is going that fast. Anyway, but I made the mistake of not telling her. If I would have just kept my mouth shut, she would have thought she was speeding everywhere she went. And she would have been like, why are these people speeding so fast? You know, they're going 80 in whatever, you know. But uh, now I made a mistake. So I just thought I would ask my wife a a little bit about that. It's kind of funny, though. And I like to tease you, so it works. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to mute myself again. Love you. (laughs) Of course you do. Okay. The Apostle Paul also speaks of this battle. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's um, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 through 12. Sorry, that took me a minute, and I'm like, E-P-H is, (laughs) (sighs) okay, Um, all this abbreviation stuff is killing me. Okay, it takes faith, courage, and knowledge to win any mortal combat. And spiritual battles are no exception. God cannot use half-hearted soldiers nor weak-kneed compromisers. A religion that does not require the sacrifice of all things never has power sufficient to produce the faith necessary unto life and salvation. That is from Lectures on Faith, Volume 6, page 7. If a man puts his trust in another man, what is left for God? Putting trust and faith in a bishop, apostle, president, instead of God, divorces men from their connection with God. All who bear the priesthood should seek directly for God. Trust in him and then expect him to reveal his will to them because those rights are inseparably connected with the powers of heaven. That is Doctrine and Covenants, chapter 121, verse 36. Jesus was asked, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. That's Matthew, chapter 22, verses 36 and 37. 
This requires a total commitment with total devotion and trust, not half in God and half in man. Now we're on page 258, that was. Okay, I'll continue. The second commandment, I, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Why do you got to be like verse that? 39. <laughs> Seriously? Why do you have to be like Seriously? that? Like, just give me a because minute to push my button. You said Mortal Kombat, and I was like, finish him! I know, I was thinking to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking when I said that, I was like, man, I don't remember finish watching that. I remember the little person getting frozen, and I don't remember. Like, they were in another place, and then uh, snow came down, and then I got busy, yeah. and kids and stuff happened. I don't remember. <laughs> That in the basement where we have our little movie theater is freezing cold. So, like, you can only be down there for so long, and then you start, I start shivering. Like, (laughs) but it's where we have our little movie theater where we send the kids with all their play toys and stuff. But anyway, I'm going to mute myself again. (laughs) The second commandment, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's verse 39 pertains to all others except God and places men no higher than one's weak and fallible nature. This lesser commandment about neighbors includes file leaders, apostles, presidents, and prophets. If we should reverse the order of importance of these two commandments, we commit a sin, which usually leads to to other more serious errors. I heard a voice saying, shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than this, his maker? Emmett, are you reading along? Because the girls are here, and I'm going to have to let you read for a minute. Emmett? Um, yes, hello. We're on, okay, we're on, behold, uh, we he put no page. trust in his servant. Okay. Okay. Uh, behold, they put trust in the servants. <laughs> I... Cannot find that anywhere. Where's this? Behold, he put no trust in his servants, and his angels be charged with folly. How much less in them that dwell in the houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust. Uh, Job fourteen sixteen to 19 The devil's primary objective is to take away man's faith and trust in God. And he accomplishes this by persuading him to place his trust in men instead. His success ratio has been extremely high, with one exception, the city of Enoch, which was translated. Every dispensation has been a failure, and ours is on the same track. Every ancient empire rests in ashes, including the chosen nation of Israel, who sealed their fate when they chose to serve a mortal king. The Lord sadly explained to Samuel, they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. 1 Samuel 8, 7. Um, it was just another repetitious and faithful, uh, fateful blunder in the history of mankind. The early Christians made the same mistake. At first they chose death rather than compromise. They were fed to lions, burned at the stake, and cruelly tortured to death. But in a short time they began to give in, shake hands with the world, and become one with them. The Romans, who had been their worst enemies today, became... Er, became their temporal and spiritual leaders. Uh, Page 259. Anything to say? Yeah, I just wanted to say something that's a little bit off topic, but I had a brother Hess 
posted in a bunch of my groups on Facebook. And while I think he's got a good heart and he's trying to do the right thing, um, he's talking about Enoch coming to lead the house of Israel in the restoration. And I'm just like, okay, well, Joseph Smith said that no angel will come do that which men have authority to do on the earth. And it, uh, part of, like, his example was Paul was told by Jesus Christ to go to Ananias. And then there's some other examples where Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery were baptized, or not baptized, they were given authority to baptize, but then they had to actually do the work of doing it. Um, so Enoch would be a translated being or an angel that would come down, and that's not going to happen. Also, um, I'm sorry, Brother Hess, if I'm not pleasing you, but I'm just telling you the truth. Um, Enoch is a member of the Church of the Firstborn on the city of Zion, and um, there has to be a people who will do all that God has commanded before the Church of the Firstborn or Zion is redeemed. Once those people do the things and enter through the gate, which is narrow, which is me, um, for rebaptism and reconferral of priesthood and all your ordinances, um, once you enter through the gate and you endure to the end and do the things which you have been asked to do by God, then when there's a group of people who will do that, um, in Genesis chapter 9 of the inspired translation, it says, When a people live all that I have commanded, then, and, and redeem Zion below, then Zion will come down from above, and the church of the firstborn will come down out of heaven. And Enoch and Adam and all of the holy angels and patriarchs are a member of the church of the firstborn, and they will not come down out of heaven to do the work on the earth that a man has been chosen to do on the earth. And that man is me. And I received that by the laying on of hands, being filled up to the Father uh, for the law of adoption to be the link on the earth for, uh, for mortality to go through as, uh, as the narrow gateway. And the same test that the Jews had in their day with Jesus Christ is now had among Ephraim in our day with me. So anyway, go ahead, Emma. Okay, page 259. Um, today, the modern Christian and the modern Mormon have joined hands to honor the rulers of the world. We have adopted the customs of the world, support the economic and political systems of the world, and live under the laws of the world. Indeed, the LDS people are part of a world church. Our trust in the arm of flesh has become predominant, showing that we have failed to obey the first and greatest commandment. The consequences will certainly follow, as they have throughout history. The Lord has repeatedly warned us in Scripture that cursed are those who put their trust in the arm of flesh. The word cursed should have been put in bold capital letters and printed in red ink, for apparently the message has not been understood nor obeyed. The word curse means to invoke evil or injury, a source of calamity or as punishment. New Internal uh, Discourses or Dictionary, 1137. International. If the publishment is that bad, why would anyone with common sense follow such a course? 
President John Taylor once asked the Mormon people, shall we trust in God or in the arm of flesh? Uh, Journal of Discourses 2356. The unanimous vote in 1879 was to abide by the laws of God. But unfortunately, about ten years later, their actions proved differently when they, vote, they voted to obey the laws of the land over the laws of God. And the consensus of the church opinion remains today. There are two major classifications of people in the resurrection. Those who are raised to be gods and those who are raised to be servants to gods. Those who have trained themselves to follow someone else in this world will become servants in the world, or in the next world. What a sad history of mortal man. However, there is a glimmer of hope. For Brigham Young prophetically declared, and before I read this quote, we're on page 260 now. Anything to say? No, keep going. Okay. Uh, For Brigham Young prophetically declared, God will preserve a portion of this people, of the meek and the humble, to bear off the kingdom to the inhabitants of the earth, and will defend his priesthood. Uh, Contributor 10... 362. 362. Hold on. Um, So all is not totally lost. But who will be among that portion of this people? The Lord described them. For they that are wise and have received the truth, have taken the Holy Spirit for their guide, and have not been deceived, shall abide the day. D&C 57, I believe. Yeah. First, they are wise. They do not need to lean on someone else for their wisdom. Second, they received the truth. They have the courage to accept the truth, no matter who else receives or rejects it. Three, they take the Holy Spirit for their guide. They do not trust in anyone's arm of flesh because they are close enough to God to receive the Holy Spirit. Four, they have not been deceived. They have been able to discern between true and false laws and teachings. The prophet Joseph Smith said, Joseph Smith said, The things of God are of deep import and time and experience and careful and ponderous and solemn thoughts can only find them out. Thy thy mind, O man, (laughs) if thou wilt lead a soul unto salvation, must stretch as high as the utmost heavens and search into and contemplate the darkest abyss and the broad expanse of eternity. Thou must commune with God. DHC 3295. Uh, no better conclusion to this subject could be given than the words of the Savior himself. Wherefore, let no man glory in man, uh, yeah, let no man glory in man, but rather let him glory in God, who shall subdue all enemies under his feet. These shall dwell in the presence of God and his Christ forever and ever. Okay, um, that is (laughs) the end of that chapter, I guess. It's on Appendix A now. No, that's all part of the reading for tonight. Um, Real quick, um, DHC stands for Doctrinal History of the Church, Um, and the appendix is just more that Ogden added after he thought he was done, so... It's going to be more reading. Um, and um, I just wanted to say one thing, too, because this this podcast radio show is going out to all the world. We have listeners all over the world, Russia, Singapore, 
all over the world. Uh, tons of listeners in Pakistan and, and in India. So, um, but when we were talking yesterday about, about Section 121, how the judgments of God would first come upon the Lord's house, and how the Brighamites want to think that that means people who go into the temple that are, are, shouldn't be in the temple. No. That doesn't have anything to do with anything. That revelation was given in 1837, and the house of God are all of Israel, especially Ephraim, who have been given the truth and are part of the restoration who are not obedient to God's laws and commandments. It includes all of the groups of the restoration, every single one of them. We are all under the roof of the house of the Lord, and those individuals who claim to be leaders, prophets, seers, revelators, presidents of churches, uh, who are leading the people as Judas goats, they are all those people who God judges first. And the reason why we're judged more harshly and the reason why we're judged first is because we have more light and knowledge than the other, the Gentiles have. And because we have more light and knowledge, uh, even if we don't know it, we have it available to us to study out and to, to learn. Um, we're condemned more fully because uh, we treat those things lightly, just like uh, in 1832, when we were put, placed under condemnation for treating the Book of Mormon lightly and for treating the former revelations lightly. And that's talking about the Bret Hadashah, which is the New Testament, and the Tanakh, which is the Old Testament, along with every other revelation that we receive. And we continue treating those things lightly when we try to make excuses as to why we will not follow them or we try to change things, or we try to say, you know, these things aren't important because they're not true, or maybe they are true, but they're for another time. We, as the children of God in the Restoration, are under greater condemnation for not treating the things of God in, with importance. Now, one more thing before I let Emma continue. A lot of people ask me, well, if you are God the witness, who most people call the Ruach HaKodesh or the Holy Ghost, who is doing all the work? What people don't understand is everything has an organized structure. For this earth, under the direction of God the Eternal Father, there are the Elohim. One was chosen from among them to be the Elohim or the Mighty One of this earth. His name was Jehovah. Under his direction, there is God the Father, who is the creator, who is Michael. That's why Joseph Smith said that he had the keys to this earth, and he said that he was our father, because he quite literally is our father through the law of adoption, and he is the creator of this earth. Jehovah, or Jehovah, showed him how to do the work, but he was the one that did it. That's why he was taken. That's why the Council of the Elohim told Jehovah to take Michael so Michael could show him how to do it. Under the next one, the first counselor or the first presidency of this earth or God the Father, the first witness or apostle of the Father, 
is the Redeemer. That's Yeshua, who the Gentiles called Jesus Christ. And the second counselor is the Ruach HaKodesh, or the second apostle or witness of the Father, who I claim to be. Under my direction and authority are those ministering spirits and angels who come and act in my place with the power given to me through me of the Father to, uh, to share light and truth. And so, like when people say, well, you know, the Holy Ghost is everywhere all at once. And no, the Holy Ghost is one person only in one place. But under his direction, under my direction, uh, the angels and the ministering spirits go out and they act as, uh, as representation in my place. So when John the Beloved, John the Revelator, saw the angel in, in Revelations, he thought it was Jesus because he had this angel had the message of Jesus and spoke as Jesus. But as soon as John bowed down to worship that angel who had that message, who was not Jesus Christ, uh, the angel said, I, I am a fellow servant like yourself. So there's the principle there that people need to understand. Um, <clears throat> while I'm in my mortality, as Joseph Smith said, that I would come to do uh, the same or similar things as Jesus Christ, uh, there is another one who was basically kind of like my first counselor who is taking care of business while I am in mortality. And uh, so the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still available to those who are worthy to receive them. Okay. I am almost to the mind road, Emmett, so go ahead and just read a couple of pages and I will interrupt you if I need to. Okay. I think I can just finish off the rest of the volume five of the Holy Priesthood. It's like a page and a half, maybe. Oh, okay. All right. Well, when you get done doing that, because I will be in the void, uh, <laughs> give out the guest call out number again. It, uh, once uh, we'll do it again, but I'll give it out now. It's nine one seven eight eight nine eight eight two seven. Uh, and then push one if uh, you are interested in coming on the air to uh, questions or comments or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, when you're done with the reading, uh, give out the number one more time. Once again, also the chat room is available for people who want to uh, to use that. Um, hold on here. I just made the turn onto the mine road. All right. Um, and if you would, read the process of volume six, which will be right there in the book, uh, as a preview of what we will be reading tomorrow. So go ahead, Emmett, and uh, finish off the chapter, and I will, uh, I'll let you know when I get on the other side of this little cut here. Okay. Uh, apparently there is no page 262. Um, goes from 61 to 63, so... 263, Appendix A. The following information refers back to page 146, Chapter 10, Can Leaders Lead Astray? and includes a few very brief examples of the Bible and Book of Mormon leaders who were led astray and or led the people astray. Moses. We all know what a great deliverer and leader Moses was, and yet Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, 
Hear now, ye rebels, we must fetch, or must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believed me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Numbers twenty ten to 12. For ye, Moses, in those things, using something that isn't there, the weird parenthesis boxes, rebelled against my commandment in the desert, as in, in the strife of the congregation, to sanctify me at the water before their eyes. That is the water of Meribah and Kadesh, in Kadesh, in the wilderness of sin. Numbers twenty seven fourteen. The pride Moses displayed in this instance shows how difficult it is for religious leaders to be perfect examples at all times and how easy they can be led astray. 264. A.A. Run. Aaron. As the elder brother and spokesman for Moses, Aaron was born into the tribe of Levi and was thus entitled to the rights and powers of priesthood. Levi, not Levi. Uh, (laughs) I notice that now. Moses' instructions were to take thou unto the children of thy brother and his sons with them. And uh, I missed where I was at. Take thou unto the Aaron thy brother and his sons with them from among the children of Israel that he may minister unto me the priest's office. Or in the priest's office. Uh, I don't remember which one that is. EX... Uh, 32, 2-5. I don't remember. Because of his priesthood position and power, Aaron performed many of the miracles of the Exodus. However, while Moses was up on Mount Sinai and Aaron was left in charge as the leader of the children of Israel, he was guilty of a serious transgression when he provided the people with the visible God that they requested. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons and your daughters, bring them unto me, and all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron, and they or, and he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool. Uh, graving tool. After he had made it a molten calf, and they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. Uh, EX again, 32, 2 to 5. According to this passage of scripture, it was Aaron who commanded the people to bring him their earrings. It was Aaron who fashioned the golden calf. And it was Aaron who built the altar before it. When Moses returned, he asked Aaron, What did this people unto thee? What did this people unto thee? That thou hast brought so great a sin upon them. Uh, EX... 32:21. He was apparently placing most of the blame upon his brother rather than the people. Leviticus chapter 8 uh, describes the extensive process of repentance that Aaron of repentance that Aaron later had to endure because of his sin. It's 265. Uh, Balaam. Uh, Balaam. That's the one. Balaam was such a righteous leader that he conversed with God on several occasions. See Numbers chapters. 22 to 24. And Balak, 
uh, Balak, king of the Moabites, looked to him to provide protection for his people against the children of Israel. However, Balaam dis disobeyed the Lord when, instruct when instructed not to go to Moab, and eventually yielded to the temptations of riches and honor offered by uh, Balak, and even counseled the Midianite woman to commit trespass against the Lord. Numbers 31:16. As a result, they slew the kings, the kings of mm, uh, Midian, and Balaam, also the son of Beor, they slew with the sword. Numbers 31:8. David. God loved David and said, "I took thee from the sheep coat, following the sheep, to be a ruler over my people, over Israel. And I was with thee." whithersoever thou wentest, <laughs> and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name. Second Samuel 7, 8-9. But in spite of all David had going for him, he was led astray. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah in the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore he, or the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me. Second Samuel 12, 9-10 David's wives and concubines were given unto him of me, and in none of these things did he sin against me, save in the case of Uriah and his wife. And therefore, he has fallen from his exaltation. Exaltation. DNC 13239. Because of David's sins, the Lord caused a pestilence to come upon Israel Hold that on. resulted in the death. Oh. Hi. Okay, I've got to say something about David in section 132. There's a lot of truth in section 132, okay? But it contradicts. Jacob chapter 5, I think, because what David did was actually against the Torah and taking and multiplying wives unto himself, which is expressly forbidden in the Torah. So in section 132, when, when it says that David didn't do anything wrong, that contradicts former revelation. And that revelation, section 132, was given by Brigham Young, who said it was from Joseph Smith, and I don't doubt that there are many things in that revelation that were from, by, uh, from uh, you know Joseph Smith, uh, Jesus Christ, Joseph uh, through Joseph Smith. However, Brigham Young did this thing where he would like mesh multiple revelations together, and we can detect the lie in section 132 by comparing it with Jacob chapter 5. Okay, go ahead, Emma. Huh? Where were we? I remember reading part of that. Uh, because of David's sins, the Lord caused the pestilence to come upon Israel, resulting or resulted in the death of 70,000 men. David, beloved, beloved of God and king of Israel, admitted, Lo, I have sinned, and I have done wickedly. Second Samuel 24:17. Solomon. Solomon also became king of Israel, and God blessed him with the great gift of wisdom. I have given thee a wise 
and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any rise like unto thee. 1 Kings 3.12 However, the Lord warned him that he could go astray. But if ye shall at my, or at all turn from me following me, uh, turn from following me, ye or your children, or your children, and will not keep my commandments and my statutes, which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them, and this house which I have hallowed for my name I will cast out of my sight, and Israel shall be a proverb and a byword among all people. First Kings 9, 6-7 As with David, Solomon's sins affected the whole house of Israel, and eventually the kingdom was taken from him. And the Lord was angry with Solomon, because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice. And he had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, Forasmuch as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee, I will surely read, or rend the kingdom from thee, and that will give it to thy servant. First Kings 11, 9-11, page 267. Uh, anything to say about that, Dad? Nope, you're doing a good job. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Zenith and Noah. Zenith was a righteous king in the land of Nephi, and the Lord strengthened him and his people in battle against the Lamanites. When he became old, he conferred the kingdom upon Noah, one of his sons. However, he did not follow in his father's footsteps and went astray. He, uh, talking of Noah, did not keep the commandments of God but he did walk after the desires of his own heart, and he did cause his people to commit sin and do that which was abominable in the sight of the Lord. Yea, and they also became idolatrous, and because they were deceived by the vain flattering words of the king and priests, for they did not speak flattering things unto them, and it came to pass that King Noah built many elegant and spacious buildings, and he ornamented them, and it came to pass that he built a tower near the temple, yea, a very high tower. Uh, Mosiah 11, 2, 7 to 8, and 12. These are some of the actions leaders who have gone astray, of leaders who have gone astray, and how easy it is then to lead their followers after them. Many other examples could be drawn from scriptural accounts, but if there is such evidence that these great leaders could be led astray, how much more probable is it that similar weaknesses and transgressions could exist among the leaders in other dispensations? Uh, 266. The next thing's called alone. Alone. Real quick. It is human to... Oh. There is three different classifications of prophets. You have true prophets who have not fallen away. You have false prophets who receive revelation from a bad source. And you have fallen prophets. And for people to say the prophet can never lead you astray, what do they think happens when a prophet falls? Fallen prophets are a thing. Anyway, go ahead, Emma. Okay. So I think this is some kind of poem or something. It's called Alone. 
It is human to stand with the crowd. It is designed to stand alone. It is manlike to follow the people, to drift with the tide. It is godlike to follow a principle, to stem the tide. It is natural to compromise conscience and follow the social and religious fashions for the sake of gain or pleasure. It is designed to sacrifice both on the altar of truth and duty. No man stood with me, but all men forsook me, he wrote the battle-scarred apostle in describing his first appearance before Nero to answer for his life for believing and teaching contrary to the Roman world. That was a run-on sentence. <laughs> Truth has been out of fashion since man changed his robe of fadeless light for a garment of faded leaves. Noah built and voyaged alone. His neighbors laughed at his strangeness and his per- er, and perished in style. Abraham wandered and worshipped alone. Sodomite smiled at the sh- simple shepherd, followed the fashion, and fed the flames. Daniel dined and prayed alone. Eliza sacrificed and witnessed alone. Jeremiah prophesied and wept alone. Jesus loved and died alone. Of the lonely way his disciples should walk, he said, Straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And that few there be that find it. One of their treatment by many who walk in the broad way, he said, If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, therefore the world hateth you. The church in the wilderness praised Abraham and persecuted Moses. The church of the kings praised Moses and persecuted the prophets. The church of uh, Cases, maybe? Praised the prophets and persecuted Jesus, might be Caiaphas. The church of the popes praised the Savior and persecuted the saints. And multiples na- er, multitudes now, in the church and in the world, applaud the courage of the patriarchs and prophets, the apostles and martyrs, but condemn the, as stubbornish, eh, as stubbornness or foolishness, like faithfulness of today. Wanted today, men and young. Wo- or men and women, young and old, who will obey it, their convictions of truth and duty at the cost of fortune and friends and life itself. Author unknown. And that is the end of Holy Priesthood Volume 5. Um, yeah. Okay, and the guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. If you come on, you want to come on to the air. For your questions or comments, push 1 once you got on, get on the, the radio show, and we'll bring you on. Emmett, go ahead and read the introduction, preface, and all that fun stuff to uh, Holy Priesthood Volume 6 for the preview for tonight. Okay. Holy Priesthood, Volume 6, Keys of the Priesthood. There's a whole table of contents. Uh, there's a dedication that says to Gurney Cook in appreciation for all his encouragement and assistance in the publication of this book, and more for being my good friend. Um, there's a couple of quotes on the left. It says, There never was a dispensation on the earth when prophets and apostles, the inspiration, revelation, and power of God, the Holy Priesthood, and the keys of the kingdom were needed more than they are in this generation. Wilford Woodruff, 1872, uh, Journal of Discourses, 15.8. A man never has half so much fuss to unlock a door if he has a key, as though he had not and had cut it open with his jackknife. Joseph Smith, Teaching from the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 308. And let's start the preface. Preface. As children, most of us have played 
the game called Button, Button, Who's Got the Button? A similar question has been asked for over a century by serious students of Mormonism. Keys, keys, who's got the keys? For some, this is a rather humorous question, but others take it very seriously, resulting in confusion and conflict, and occasionally even murder. Because of this strange quest for keys, there has or there have arisen break-off groups, churches, and self-proclaimed prophets, all of which has caused a varying degree of problems for the LDS Church. Ironically, however, the base case, the basic cause of the dilemma seems to stem from the main body of the Mormon Church, for its leaders and members alike have not departed from many of the original laws, principles, and ordinances. Such a climate would not have been fostered for these questions and divisions in the first place. If all the leaders had followed their previous leaders, this problem would not have been created. With each departure from the original gospel, as revealed to Joseph Smith, another swarm of doubting and questioning members and dissidents alike has arisen to challenge the changes. Like Paul's thorn in his side, the LDS Church has thousands of these little thorns causing them grief and embarrassment because of the numerous questions they cannot satisfactorily answer. The whole issue of keys revolves around two central questions. First, what are the keys? And two, or two and second, what has them? Who has them? Joseph Smith, in emphasizing the importance of correct answers to those questions, explained, it is necessary to know who holds the keys of power and who does not, or we may be likely to be deceived, teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, page 336. Uh, if this was a serious matter in this day, how much more important is it in ours? Or in his day, not this day. Uh, maybe these questions wouldn't be quite so different to answer, or difficult to answer, if there weren't so many different kinds of keys. But there is such a host of them that the subject has grown to gigantic and sometimes even ridiculous proportions. Yet, in reality, the answers may be surprisingly simple. By reading through the chapters of this book, the reader will hopefully be able to see through this misty haze of bewilderment and misunderstanding, and eventually we'll realize the wondrous blessings and rewards that are associated with the keys of the Holy Priesthood. Uh, page 7? Uh, chapter 1, Introduction, In Search of a Great okay. Treasure. And that is the end. Yeah, <laughs> alright. So, let me just say a few things before we close out the program for today since we don't have any callers. Um, so there is a principle in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and it says that they, all they who believe a lie receive strong delusion that they all might be damned because they did not love the truth, but they loved the lie. Okay, so if you believe somebody has keys, you believe that, good believe it but then go to your father in heaven and ask him if what you believe is true and i promise that the spirit will withdraw from you because the person who has the keys on the earth at this time is myself and i receive them directly under the physical hands of the father as he laid his physical hands upon my physical head okay now talking about delusions and this drives me nuts. And like Beverly Kraut is a friend of mine. That's Kevin Kraut's wife. She's always like, button, button. Who's got the button? You know, keys, keys. Who's got the keys? And because there have been so many claimants that have come along claiming to have authority, 
she's basically just burned out at hearing it. Yeah, I can hear you still. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm disconnected. Uh, I don't know how long. I know been she did a while before. ago. It's fine. So we are fine. The host. <laughs> oh, okay. Good deal. Thank you for doing that. All right. So anyway, um, before the destruction of the of the first and the second temple. God sent a lot of prophets to get the people to repent. But when God raised up his prophets, Satan raised up prophets as well that spoke smooth things to the people. And the people followed the false prophets. Later on, these true prophets were vindicated after the fact because people were like, oh, they were true prophets. The same thing happens in our day. Before the destruction of this nation and the temple and all of the stuff that's going to happen, God is raising up true prophets. But Satan is also raising up false prophets who will seem so very close to the truth that you will not be able to tell the difference unless you get revelation for yourself. That's why it's so important to get revelation. I can teach you all these things if you just trust me you don't get revelation for yourself, you'll even be damned because you need to get revelation for yourself. These people who do these things are terrestrial, resurrected type people when they get their resurrection. And there are even people that include people who believe Jesus Christ because they are not built upon the rock of revelation. They twist the scriptures and turn things, or turn what Jesus said into false like into man-made doctrines that are mingled with Scripture. So it doesn't matter who teaches you. If they're in the flesh, even though even Jesus Christ, if you don't get built upon the rock of revelation, you can fall and teach false doctrine. For those true prophets out there, you can fall. Satan is coming after you. He knows who you are. He knows who you are from before the foundation of this earth. And he wants to give you revelation so that you will lead the people astray. You need to be very, very diligent in making sure that everything that you receive from God is true. Now, I want to talk about delusions. I have a friend who is the brother of the old patriarch of the Church of the Living Messiah and the School of the Prophets. That friend was in the room when I set him apart and gave him keys to do the work that he was called to do. That particular person, he began to receive revelations from the adversary, and I warned him, and he fell, and he would not heed my warning. How he fell. But before he fell, when I was ordaining him and setting him apart and doing all the things that God asked me to do for him, the other individual said that I knew what you were going to say before you even said it. And he said that he is not, um, well, I have to paraphrase because I can't remember exactly how he put it, but he, he basically felt the spirit really strong, and he knew that there was power in the priesthood and power in what I was doing. But he's part of a different group, and he believes that the leader of that group has the keys that I claim to have, and I'm never and have never been part of that group. 
the individual who started their group was a member of the AUB. When Aldred, or All, uh, Allred died, the leader of the group, he was murdered. There was another person in the AUB who said that he was the one that had the authority, so he claimed to be the leader, whatever. And then this other guy claimed to be the leader as well, because wouldn't you know it, um, Allred appeared to him as a ghost, a bloody ghost, because he had just been murdered, he still had the clothes on as a ghost that, uh, with the blood and everything on him. And somehow he said that he sat down before the guy and he could feel the hands on his head or whatever, and that guy gave him the keys. So he starts his group up. Okay, uh, there's a lot of things that are problematic with that story, but um, but and uh, even if it did happen, so that was in 1978 that that happened. So this group splintered off the AUB, which is a group that splintered off the Brighamites. But even if that did happen, which I don't believe it at all, um, the keys were severed. Well, okay, so when I received the keys under the hand of the Father and the fullness of the priesthood and was filled up to the Father, I was given the authority to set the house of God in order. And, um, and that's why that man felt that very powerful witness of the Spirit as I was performing the ordinances to set, set apart his brother as patriarch of, of the Church of the Living Messiah and the School of the Prophets. But even though we felt that power, he continues to be a 70 in the church, the other church, which I, and I really enjoy walking among them and talking with them and going to their meetings. But he believes that that other guy, the son, and now the grandson of the first founder, is the one the Lord's anointed with all the keys and everything. So he believes a lot. And if you believe a lie, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, if you believe a lie, you receive strong delusion that you might be damned because you did not love the truth. And if, if I could add anything to that scripture, it would be because you, you did not love the truth enough to go to God to make sure it was true. So you believe a lie, and you receive strong delusion because of that. In our days, before the second coming, God is raising up prophets. I have met many of them. Many of them have gotten prideful and they have fallen and become false and fallen prophets. It happens a lot. And I feel sorry for those individuals for falling the way that they did. However, God is raising up true prophets in our day. And Satan is sending false prophets who receive revelation from him and these individuals, when they find out they contradict scripture, they will make up new stories to tell. And we are in the time when that is going on in the earth today as we speak. All these people are the fallen prophets and the, fallen, uh, the false prophets are Judas goats to lead the people astray. And it's why in Isaiah 
chapter 49, Isaiah saw the Davidic servant go among his people and that he would lose his people because they would not believe him and God would give him a new people. And it's also why in history of the church, when Joseph Smith is visited by the angel Moroni for the first time, Moroni says that the man of Acts chapter 2 verse 38 is Christ but the day had not yet come when he would be rejected from by his people Jesus Christ had already been rejected but in Zechariah chapter 4 verse 14 we are told that there are two anointed ones or two Christ that stand before the Lord of the whole earth one of them according to uh, Jewish legend is Messiah then David and who is the king Messiah, but then there's also Messiah ben Joseph. When Moroni said that that man had not yet been rejected by his people, he was not speaking of Joseph Smith, who was never rejected by his people as a whole. And uh, it was not Jesus Christ who had already been rejected by his people. It was Messiah ben Joseph, the second witness of the Father, who I claim to be. And I do hold the keys of the apostleship, I do hold the keys of the kingdom and the priesthood. And uh, the only way that the house of God is set in order is through the law of adoption by being sealed and receiving your ordinances and your conferrals and your, all the ordinations and stuff through that man who was called and appointed who I am. And those who will not be sealed to me through the law of adoption will not have a place in the kingdom of God when he comes. So, and they'll, they, they, a lot of them will scoff uh, for years and years and years until they see me and the other witness put to death. And then in Revelations chapter 11, it says that when they see that man or that, those witnesses raised up in resurrection, great fear will come upon them. And the reason for this is because they will know at that point that they have made a great error in rejecting the true prophet that was sent among them and it will be too late for them and at that point the two witnesses and all they who believe the two witnesses are obedient to uh, receiving the baptisms and conferrals and all of that from the two witnesses they will um, all those people who believe will be caught up with that those two individuals, and that's what the Christians call the rapture. And um, when it says caught up into, what that means in Hebrew actually is to go out to meet an arriving dignitary, and that's what we will be doing. And in Revelation chapter 12, it says that that man will be called up to the throne of God to take his place next to God in his throne. That's because that individual, who I am, is the second witness of the Father, or God the witness, come in the flesh. And in Revelation chapter 12, which you're reading, is after he is put to death and raised up in resurrection, he takes his place next to God's throne as his second witness or counselor or apostle. So, I wish that people would call in and dispute it and whatever, or be obedient, you know. We're bringing this out here. This is the snake in the wilderness that Moses raised up so that the people could, by the simple and easiness of the way, receive a salvation.
some people won't listen. And uh, and it's sad. So let me see here. Um, Emma, can you check the studio? I've got my screens really dimmed, but I see there's a caller, and I think it's Mom. But I'm not sure, Emmett. Oh, oh yeah, I was muted. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> okay. Okay, uh, unmute her and see if she has anything to say. Yeah. Hi, Mom. Yeah, I am the cat. Hi, now. sorry about that. My phone was having like hanging up issues, and then it was saying I could only call emergency calls and stuff. And I tried to call back in, but I don't know. Oh, I didn't tell you the other day. I was trying to make a video with my phone, and I put my phone in that little tripod holder, and it pushed a button on my phone, and it went beep beep beep, and I was like, ah, and I tried to cancel it, but it called nine one one. At like five in the morning, and I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, my phone just—I put it in this thing, and it pushed the button, and I tried to cancel it." And she's like, "Oh, I need your name, I need your address," and I'm like, "No, I'm not going to give you all of that. It was an accident. I'm sorry, I made the phone call. I did not realize that it was going to do that, but no. Anyway, so yeah, I. So that's anyway. why I woke up at five in the morning the other day. <laughs> Yeah, because it was all, weep, 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 and I was like, no, stop, stop, phone, don't do that. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Did you have anything to say, Kim, any last comments before we end this program? No. Uh, thanks, guys, for being there, and Emmett, for doing that last minute. Um, you know, when the girls came home, we had to, like, uh, you know, chat with Sierra and make sure that the girls did a good job while they were there and, you know ask some questions at so church. that was good yeah yeah okay well i am going to end the program actually i'm going to go ahead and cue the music and thank you everyone for listening take care god bless and goodbye adios
With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.